Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, joined with Chris Johnson, and we are glad that you're here today. And Chris, I'm glad that you're here today. It is a beautiful day in Middle Tennessee, and it's fun to be here talking to you and glad that Amber's with us today. Yes, Amber Vaden is joining us once again, uh, our content editor for the Daily Discipleship Guide. Amber, thanks for taking the time to spend with us. Oh, I'm glad to glad to be here. So at the at the end, Amber, will you tell people what the Daily Discipleship Guide is, so that they know what that what that means and how that's different from other things? Sure. Awesome. I would be glad that, to. That great. Would be great. That would be great. So we are at the end of a study on um, uh, Elijah. Elijah. Uh, we're talking about getting out of our comfort zones and how uh, Elijah spent his time <laughs> uh, outside of his comfort zone, it seems. And uh, so we'll be talking about that um, today. We're concluding our study with um, Elijah's coming to that place in his life where he finds us who his successor will be and how he engages with Elisha. So we'll be looking at the end of First Kings and the beginning of uh, second Kings, uh, in our study, but, uh, you know, it's important for us. And I don't know that we've talked about this a lot throughout, but Elijah is the quintessential prophet. He is, uh, the model prophet. He is the, um, if you will, the goat, the greatest of all time, uh, of prophets. He's, he's the one that, uh, at the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, it is Moses who is with Elijah, Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets. Uh, we're going to talk about an, uh, a, a conversation um, that Jesus had with his disciples in Luke chapter 9 that, con- that contains the story of the transfiguration, but also some words that align with Elisha's experience in following um, Elijah today. So we'll, we'll be seeing all of that and hoping Hopefully, we'll be able to connect some dots for folks as we talk about Elijah and Elisha and uh, both of their ministries. And and, and I think it's going to be obvious where we're headed with this study today as we consider Elijah passing on the mantle of leadership to Elisha. Well, the point for us is going to be that we need to lead others to serve God. We don't just do our role, but we kind of be looking toward the next generation, the next person taking on. What we can do to lead others to serve God. So that terminology, passing on the mantle, is one that is really introduced in the story of Elijah and Elisha. I think people say, people use that terminology from a leadership perspective, but I think it's important that we point out as we go through this that this is where that phrase and idea comes from uh, in the Bible. That's good. All right, so we're going to be in First Kings chapter 19. Uh, at least where we're going to begin. Uh, let me just kind of, if I can, sort of prior phrase this, uh, that Elijah left, found Elisha. Elisha was plowing uh, with his oxen. And uh, he, uh, Elisha basically called him, says, uh, but Elisha in this call said, hey, let me, let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will go follow you. And Elijah said, basically, hey, just go on back. What have I done for you? But he turned back from following him. He took the team of oxen, slaughtered them. And then with the wooden oak and the plow, he cooked the meat, gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he left, followed Elijah, and served him. So when I was young, I heard this term, 
uh, he threw his mantle on him. The only mantle I'd ever heard of was like over a fireplace. So <laughs> <laughs> Lynn, correct, correct that. So the people know what uh, it, it, this mantle is that uh, Elijah threw onto Elisha. Well, I was talking about his cloak, which was his, his authority. You know, the cloak was symbolizing his authority. So that's what he threw on him, not a not a not a uh, not a big wooden oak mantle. <laughs> OK, thank you. Thank you for that. I hope that clears that up for our hearers as well. When uh, when I read this, the word that comes to mind, I guess I don't think of a fireplace mantle, but I do think of the word mentor. Uh, and I feel like that's a word that we hear a lot um, or I've heard a lot uh, just in my places I've worked and, and things I've done. And I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a prime example of a mentor and a mentee. He's calling him to do something. He's enlisting him and he'll, for a while, they will be together uh, going down that road until, uh, until Elijah's taken up. And so I'm like, oh, this is a mentor relationship. Isn't that interesting? It is. It is. Now, I mentioned earlier Luke chapter 9. In Luke 9, Jesus had a conversation about um, those who follow him. In Luke 9, a man comes and says, I, I, want to, I want to follow you. And Jesus says to him, foxes have holes. I don't have a place to lay my head. Another guy says, um, I've, I've got family responsibilities before I can follow you. And another person says, let me go and kiss my mother and father goodbye, and then I will follow you. And Jesus' response is, uh, no one who puts his hand to the plow uh, and turns back is worthy of following me. And I've always been, I've always, I've, I've known that passage, but I also know that this is exactly what happened in the story of Elijah and Elisha, where um, Elijah says, come follow me. And here's the, my mantle. I want you to be my follower. And Elijah, Elisha immediately says, let me go say goodbye to my parents. And Elijah goes, do whatever you think you need to do. That's, that's between you and God kind of thing. So, but it's very different from what Jesus had to say in Luke chapter nine. You have Elisha going to say goodbye to his parents, but he is also saying goodbye to a way of life. He is killing uh, his oxen, the, the beast of burden that were used to um, um, in plowing, and he destroys the yoke that is a part of that uh, uh, of that work. He destroys it, and he is really saying, "I'm I'm goodbye. I'm leaving, and I am not coming back." Yeah. Okay, and so there is no doubt about Elisha's heart in in this in this passage. He's saying goodbye to his parents, his family, and he's not coming back. That part of his life is over it's that old idea of burning bridges you cannot cross that bridge again it's right well it just it's such a powerful picture of commitment uh, like my answer is yes and just to clarify <laughs> all of this <laughs> all of this is uh is i'm not just leaving it behind for someone else uh i am i'm doing all these things to show yes I, i'm in I, my answer is yes yep yeah. So now we move on into Second Kings. This will be now we're going to pick up in chapter two. Uh, this is where Elisha, Elijah actually, where he, he, he leaves. Uh, but let me pick up in verse six. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here because the Lord is sending me to the Jordan. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, <laughs> I will not leave you. I love his determination. 
Mm-hmm. So the two of them went on and talks about 50 men of the, the sons of the prophets came and observed all this. Uh, but let me just skip down a little bit here. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Tell me what you can do. And Elisha answered, please let me inherit two shares of your spirit. Wow. So Elijah said, you have asked for something difficult. If you see me being taken from you, you will have it. If not, you won't. And then as they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire with horses of fire suddenly appeared and separated the two of them. Then Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind. But I love this idea here. This is kind of what we're looking at is Elijah was serving with the end in mind. This is Mm -hmm. moments away from being taken uh, in this chariot of fire. Hey, Elijah, what can I do for you? He's still serving right up to the end. When he wants to make sure that uh, he's taking care of Elijah, but it's also that sense of seeing that ministry, that that prophetic ministry, seeing it continue. Yep. In yeah. um, in in the PSC that I work on, the personal study guide, uh, there's a, a list of questions that um, every mentor should ask. Uh, what wisdom can I impart? What tools or resources can I provide for you? How can I train you? How can I encourage you? How can I pray for you? How can I model servant leadership for you? So those are some great questions for people to ask or to think about when they think about um, passing along leadership so that uh, leadership continues on and how can I help and assist someone? Uh, It's interesting that um, Elisha was pretty bold. He said, I I want what you got plus more. I I want double. um, I, I think that the idea here is from an inheritance perspective, um, the oldest son, I'm not the oldest. Are either of you oldest? No. No. The oldest uh, son. Oldest son. <laughs> so I'm sure you've already, you've already planted that seed of getting a double uh, portion, Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in that culture, the oldest did get a, get a double portion of, of the inheritance. So that's kind of what you see in the story of the prodigal son. But, but it was pretty common for the oldest uh, to get a double portion. And that, that's essentially what Elisha is asking for is um, give me a double portion of, of, of your inheritance so that uh, I can be faithful in the, to, for the task that, that God has for me as a leader. What a smart request. Like I, I, I read this and thought, He's super wise. <laughs> he wanted he wanted spiritual strength, uh, and honestly, something only that God could even give him. Uh, but he he was his request was such a is a forward thinking one. I think. I think. I agree. I agree. And so that idea of being forward thinking, as uh, Elijah has left now, and the mantle, the leadership, all now falls on Elisha. We're going to see that he's going to serve in a way that that ministry is ongoing. I'll pick up in verse 12. Elisha watched. He kept crying out, my father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And when he could, when he could see him no longer, he took hold of his own clothes, tore them in two. And then he picked up the mantle that had fallen off Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Now we see him doing the same thing that Elijah had done. He took the mantle, had dropped, struck the water, and he crossed. He struck the water, and it parted to the right and to the left, and Elisha crossed over. 
And with that, we see Elisha continuing that prophetic ministry. So this is a part of why um, the Jews had an expectation that, uh, of Elijah's return uh, prior to the Messiah, correct? Sure. Okay, because um, uh, so that, that, that's a part of the question about when John the Baptist came on the scene, are, are, you, are you Elijah? That's part of what they ask about Jesus. Are you Elijah who's to come? Uh, so there was a, they're, they're, they're in, into their story of, of what happens when Messiah comes. Um, Elijah shows up as, a, um, as a, a prominent figure, they're thinking, based on because uh, he did not experience death like the rest of us do, correct? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he was just taken up, yep. uh, taken up, but did not. I see what you're saying. I didn't understand at first what what you were uh, referring to, but now I do. Yeah, that's a that's a really good distinction to make and to to recognize in this story. It's he's kind of famous for it, but yeah. But as we we wrap up this study, we've been what six weeks with Elijah. Uh, I like this kind of closing question to go what. What are the characteristics of a life well lived? Because here we're now at the, the end of Elijah's life. And that's the kind of the question I want to ask myself. You know, what are the characteristics that I could say I have lived, I've had a well lived life, that I have served Christ like I should? Yeah, ours has a couple like that as well. It's what spiritual legacy would you like to pass on to those who will follow you um, was one question. And then another one was uh, what's uh, challenging about passing leadership to the next generation. So um, it's not easy and people tend to want to hold on. Um, but um, that uh, and the author does a great job of talking about um, uh, a a relay where a baton mm-hmm. is passed from one person to the other. And, and, and that's essentially what we're talking about here is we're passing the baton, the baton of leadership uh, to, to someone else. And we're in a full sprint and they're in a full sprint as we hand it off. And um, that that's exactly, that really is picturesque of what happens in the church or needs to happen in the church as we, as we pass on leadership and think about the future. There's uh, one, one quote from the author I really liked and, and, I'm not sure if if we're what we're talking about next, but uh, he says in both the discipleship and the leadership, passing the baton is no less crucial. Um, so in in both of those areas, uh, we're called to serve faithfully um, and to fully obey what God has called us to do. But but part of part of that is to look back and to um, bring others along with us. <laughs> Uh, and to and to pass along to them what we have learned um, from the Lord, and and that is not easy, and certainly does not hap- happen quickly. But um, it's it's crucial. Really, really is. Well, we want to thank you for being a part of uh, this study, as we've looked together at the life of Elijah and look at how he finished strong and passed on the baton of leadership to Elisha. Hope that this generates some conversation in the groups that you're in this week. And again, thank you for listening to this podcast. We want to take a moment to uh, uh, give some encouragement to those of you who lead groups. And uh, Amber has some stuff for us. And you're going to tell us a little bit about the DDG as well, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the, the Daily Discipleship Guide, it follows uh, the very same scripture studies as, as the other uh, resources in this Bible Studies for Life curriculum. It is a little different in that there will be um, 
your your Bible study lesson that when you gather together with your group, there will be several pages there of uh, of the Bible study, the scripture that you're looking for, the questions. But then for each week, there are five days of devotions um, that that kind of um, drill down a little bit into this into this same study. So you're not going to go off and study something different, but you'll have five days of devotions that connect back to what you just studied in your group. So it has uh, it has your weekly Bible study ready for you to, ready for you to do, and then it has a daily devotion uh, for for you to do at home on your own. Well, that kind of reinforces what you learned, what you talked about on Sunday or whenever you meet, it reinforces um, th- that conversation. Yes. Uh-huh. It kind of, it, it goes a little further. It's a, um, uh, it just encourages maybe a deeper look of how, how that's lived out um, practically speaking okay. for each person. Well, let me give some clarification here though, because I, I periodically will get this question from somebody. If you're using a personal study guide, don't pick up the daily discipleship guide. Uh, don't say, oh, this is something in addition I can do. It's really kind of an either or because as Amber pointed out, this is the same content. It's in a sense, it's formatted more into daily devotionals uh, for daily readings as opposed to just uh, a one block that you read at one time. So it's not a, it's not a supplement to what you're doing. Uh, it's just a different approach to Bible study as you do it both in your group and as you do it during the week. But it is a great approach to Bible study and discipleship together. Amber, uh, let's just take a moment, and and, uh, for our leaders, why don't you share just one of your creative tips? Yeah, so this uh, idea is taken from the Daily Discipleship Guide uh, teaching plan, and I think it's really an interesting thing, it would just take a few minutes of your time in your gathering in advance before before your group time. Uh, do a little research on the history of your church. Find out what you can. Uh, where was, was your church on the same location that it is now? Did it move? Who were some of the influential um, pastors who kind of. Uh, spearheaded and really led your church to grow in some of the areas that it's grown. So some questions to ask, uh, who were the founders? Who were some of the early leaders uh, who were important in building the congregation? Um, how has your church's ministry changed uh, and, and evolved over the years? Um, and then if possible, so this is going to get a little bit to kind of how has God used your church over the years and, and to kind of look back and see some, some people that have really provided some good godly spiritual leadership uh, to help bring your church where you are today. If possible, ask a staff person uh, to share just two or three minutes on your church's history. Um, that has, I have heard this on my church before and it is absolutely fascinating, um, especially the years before I got there. Um, but it's, it's so neat because I can look back and I can hear, hear about and see things of the beginning of our church. And then I know what it is now. And it is um, so encouraging to see how God has worked. It's just a, it's just an idea to uh, share a little bit of the history of your church and how God has used it and use leaders to, I guess, steer, um, steer how, steer the ministry and how God has used them to do that. So it kind of lets you see in real life, uh, a picture of what that looks like. Good suggestion. 
All right. Thank you, Amber, for that. I hope that that maybe is something that will help you as you think about um, leadership and what leadership looks like based on the experiences of Elijah and Elisha, uh, that, that you can see that how the mantle of leadership started in your church and was passed on uh, to others and how you'll do that in the future. Again, thanks for listening to Bible Studies for Life adult podcast, and we hope that this is helpful to you and hope that you'll plan on being with us as we start a new study next week. 